You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramel, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time to get in on the action. I'll be hosting my own room. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. And let's start talking about the Miami Heat because they had their third consecutive victory on Wednesday night, a 107-87 blowout over the San Antonio Spurs. It was a pretty even game. Uh, Ron Rothstein at the half said that this was probably going to go down to the wire, and I agree with him. A lot of people did because it seemed like they were pretty evenly matched. San Antonio actually carried a two-point lead at the half, and then Miami just, well, decided they didn't want to toy with the Spurs anymore. They tightened the screws with their zone defense, completely stifled what San Antonio was able to do offensively, held them to 34 points combined in the second half. In the meantime, Miami outscored them by quite a bit more than that, 56 total points in the second half. And the story of the game was... The fourth quarter performance of Tyler Hero. I'll talk a lot about Tyler throughout the show. But overall, Miami's defense in that second half, controlling the pace of the game, just really, really solid performance. The Spurs have some decent players. They don't have a great player. Even their best player, DeMar DeRozan, couldn't dominate. Like He had 15 points, and I think 13 of those came in the first half. He only had two, four, uh, two second half points, so... I'm not sure if Miami specifically targeted a way to shut down DeMar in the second half or whether or not they were expecting other players to possibly step up, but nobody really did. Miami's defense, again, the zone completely discombobulated what San Antonio was trying to do. DeRozan was thrown off. They didn't give him any easy looks. He finished 6 of 13 from the floor for those 15 points, again, a lot of which came in the first half. And Miami just looked much more comfortable and then doing everything offensively. Like, they got a huge performance from Tyler. They got a really solid, consistent performance from Banabaya, who continues to look aggressive and great. Jimmy had a really solid outing. Duncan Robinson, another solid outing, even though his shot wasn't falling as regularly as it has of late. But he was able to cut to the basket on a couple of occasions and start to throw off San Antonio's defense somewhat. Look, they were trying to contend with Jakob Pertl. You know, get credit to Pertl. He had a monster performance in the in the paint, blocking five shots, including a sixth one that I think was taken from him as a goaltend. But he was just a dominant presence, and Miami found a way to attack him uh, all night, uh, despite the fact that you know maybe a lot of those attacks were swatted away at, at some point throughout the game. But they were still consistent. They were still able to find seams. They were able to lure him away from the basket a little bit so that they could free up some space there. He's not the most mobile guy. He's certainly long. I think he's 7'3", I want to say, maybe 7'4". Either way, he's a big body, and that's why he swats shots as well as he does. But he's not that mobile. He's only like the eighth best shot blocker in the league at this moment. So he's not exactly going to be covering a lot of ground. So if you can pull him away from the basket, you'll be able to get a better look at at the rim, and I think that's why a lot of what Miami was able to do effectively. Duncan looked like he was, you know, again, great at the rim. Uh, Kendrick Nunn had a couple baskets, you know, that he looked comfortable there. Jimmy Butler, again, doing most of his work in the painted area. Uh, just good overall performance, and, and I have to give credit to Dwayne Dedman, again, who I'll talk about later on in the show because he continues to impress. But nothing really just, nothing trumps tonight's performance more than Tyler Hero's individual greatness because I think this was... You know, considering if you heard my last show, 
you know how much of a concern it's been for Heat fans and potentially even a concern, reportedly, I should say, a concern for the Heat front office. He took Monday off uh, in Miami's win over the Houston Rockets, and it was perhaps all the difference that he needed because he came back looking really energized, and he had a little bit of that extra swag that Heat fans had been so accustomed to last year when he was playing as a rookie, when during the Orlando bubble, he kind of missing it of late. Uh, there were a few games there where he looked like he'd been really, really struggling. He looked good after the trade deadline, then slumped, and now, tonight at least, he looked phenomenal. Uh, in the fourth quarter, he was dominant, hit a couple three-pointers in a row, just absolutely was the difference maker and helping to crush any hopes from San Antonio of making a comeback. Even though they were already out of it by that point, Tyler's three-point barrage just sealed the deal, uh, nailed the put, put the nails in the coffin there, and it was the difference maker for sure. Just a, a good overall night from him, and I'll get into some more of your listener questions. Look, for Miami... It's a, an important win, right? I mean, you're, you're still continuing to trudge along in the Eastern Conference standings. You're trying to pick up a game every once in a while. But with the reports about James Harden missing time in the in the in for the Brooklyn Nets, that Trey Young collapsed in a heap today with a potential ankle injury. Who knows how long he'll be out. Uh, Clint Capella also uh, looked like he was injured. Injuries are going to happen. And while you never like taking advantage of those, and, and certainly from a Heat fan's perspective, you should be aware of that you know, considering what happened in the NBA Finals. You never really want to hope for injuries, but they happen. They impact teams, and Miami has to be able to take advantage of those. Miami's without one of their best players in Victor Oladipo. They were missing Andre Guadalla, who's been such a positive force for them uh, as, as well. And so Miami still managed to find a way to come back. And, and look, they welcomed back Jimmy Butler, who had missed a couple games. They welcomed back Bam Adebayo, who had missed Monday's performance. They got back Goran Dragic. They got back uh, Tyler Hero. This is perhaps not as healthy as this team has been, but getting there, right? Right now, you welcome back Iguodala in a couple of days. Hopefully, you can still give a couple of players here and there some rest because it's a, you know, you have a, a back-to-back set against Atlanta and then on home against the uh, Chicago Bulls. So it's it's going to be a tough road ahead for Miami, but these are the kinds of games that you need to win against a, a not particularly great San Antonio Spurs team that dropped to one game below 500. Miami consequently went to three games above 500, continuing to make a push in the Eastern Conference standings. These are games that you have to win. Now, Precious Achua only got two minutes. Uh, surprising considering he had such a big game there, but Dwayne Dedman really made his play uh, kind of obsolete, and Casey Opala wound up getting a lot of minutes. Uh, not exactly sure why, too, because although he had some solid defensive performances offensively, he continues to struggle, just one of six from the field. I'm not sure if Spolster's trying to build his confidence, trying to give him more experience as Miami continues to make their postseason push. Either way, uh, I'm not sure that's working either because KZ, again, struggles offensively and then has some great plays defensively. And I will say he had a great sequence there where he wound up, I think, forcing a steal and then knocking down a three-pointer almost right away. And that was like, these are the reminders that everybody needs that KZ is still still has great potential as a basketball player. And unfortunately, wasn't able to realize it on Wednesday night, hasn't been able to realize it for most of his two years in the NBA but I still believe, I think there's hope for him. I just, I'm not sure when it's going to happen because it just doesn't seem like he's been able to click for any kind of consistent amount of time here. But let's focus on the positive because there were positive things. Again, a good overall win for Miami, eliminating the Spurs in blowout fashion. They re- There's a rematch between these two teams next Wednesday, so uh, a week from today. Be another opportunity to see if you can continue to build momentum against a team like the Spurs uh, with you know a couple games sandwiched in between against the uh, the Hawks and Bulls there. So 
it's going to be a, an interesting week ahead for Miami. But we'll move on here and talk a little bit about something that the Heat probably could use a lot more of, which is their gun. If they've been letting the stress of daily life weigh on them, or if you're letting it weigh on you, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody else just like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, then Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle, muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Generation 4, Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app lets you learn from your behaviors and suggest guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. So a couple of questions about Tyler because he's the story. It's been the story for a couple of days, maybe even a little bit longer than that. He struggles of late, and then he misses Monday's game. And, of course, there's the recent report that I talked about on my most recent podcast about some concerns from the front office and whether or not Tyler has been uh, a little too distracted by off-the-court interest. Maybe he's not quite focused on basketball. You can interpret it in a number of ways. Maybe there's some resentment in that locker room. Lots of different vague insinuations. Uh, about how heat uh, the heat front office view Tyler, and I'm not sure how much that played a role. Knowing Tyler somewhat, I, I'd say it didn't play a role at all. I don't think he really cares for about that sort of thing. I, I don't think he's as sensitive as uh, some Heat fans are, certainly. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if it inspired him. He might have just needed a day off because he did take Monday off against the Houston Rockets and against the Spurs on Wednesday looked energized, had a little extra burst in the fourth quarter, a little extra swag to him. For him to score 13 of his points in the second half, I think specifically in the fourth quarter, that was a reminder of the kind of player that Tyler was last year, why he was so genuinely appreciated by Heat fans. This was the kind of clutch performance that a lot of people associated with him that maybe we've been missing over the last couple weeks or months during the season. He really hasn't had that opportunity to shine, but he was – a complimentary player, but also a backbreaker in the sense that he was, look, it, it, I think the game wasn't quite blown out by that point. Uh, Miami had a comfortable lead, and Tyler just simply put the nails in the coffin by having a, a consecutive stretch of, of, I think he hit a couple consecutive three-pointers there, just looked really, really solid. Again, in the fourth quarter against the Spurs team that was giving him a lot of open looks, and he was able to capitalize on those. So I'm not sure how much of it was external influences, whether or not it was just rest, whether or not it was just kind of a reminder of who he was. 
Maybe the past couple of weeks have been just a slump. Sometimes a slump is just a slump, and we can't read too much into it. But it kind of brings up a couple of questions that came in specifically about Tyler. This one comes in from Kevin. How much did the haters hate Tyler Hero's fourth quarter performance? I, I got to be honest with you. I, I know there's a lot going on, uh, including some recent reporting and some people that kind of question Tyler and his value and whether or not they should have kept him. Maybe a lot of people just kind of hate on Tyler because the snarl is a thing now that a lot of people kind of just point to as, oh, this guy's just too cocky. He's obnoxious, a very punchable face as Locked On Raptors host Sean Woodley liked reminding me when Tyler was supposedly on his way to Toronto in exchange for Cal Lowry. Of course, that trade didn't happen. But as far as, you know, Tyler is being hated or anything like that, I, I'm not sure exactly what the reason for the hate is. Like, he's an incomplete player. He's not a perfect player by any stretch, but he's fun to watch. Like, from a pure aesthetic, objective perspective, you like watching what Tyler can do. You like it even more when those shots are falling. But for the most part, he's still energized and exciting, and he has a great handle, and he, he, he makes tough shots. He takes tough shots. Those are all fun to watch. Like, you don't want to see him go 4 or 13 or 4 or 15, but certainly, if he can have a couple more like the performance that he had today, I think that's a lot more reminiscent of the the kind of player that Tyler should be and is and has been for a long time, or at least for you know the last year. So I'm not sure why there are haters there. I'm not sure why they would not appreciate his fourth quarter performance. But I guess you have to chalk it all up to people trying to find some reason to hate anything. You know, I think. I think that's just something that happens. You know, there's plenty of trolls in every aspect of life. There are people now who like hate watching bad TV shows, who like criticizing everything, who just like trolling in general. I, I guess that might be part of why there's this recent turn against Tyler. But I also saw a lot of people kind of flipping the switch, even as he's having this monster performance and everybody's kind of saying, oh, apologize. We need to apologize to Tyler. Tyler read our tweets. Tyler did this. Maybe it was just not that big a deal. Maybe he just had a big game, and maybe he'll continue to build on this moving forward. Maybe the last couple of weeks were just a bad stretch, nothing more. Maybe he was a little hurt. Maybe he feels better. Maybe he had a great day. Who knows? Uh, this next question comes in from Samuel, who asks, Tyler's baby goat horn started showing in the fourth quarter. Do you think everyone is just looking for a reason to explain Tyler's slump, or is it simply a slump? If so, are there certain lineups you see him meshing better with than others? Uh, again, I do think it was just a slump. I guess people are really looking for reasons uh, to explain it. Again, not necessarily a dig on the reporting, but just kind of weird timing that that would come up when Tyler was particularly struggling. Why not mention that they have concerns from a month ago? Did they have those same concerns a month ago, or did they just have those concerns now when he started struggling over the last few weeks? It, it's that's where the it's kind of difficult to pinpoint the timing of those reports being released. But anyway, as far as his slump, I wouldn't have read too much into it. I, I think, as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, and I do recommend you listening to it if you did not already, I did bring up a couple points there. And, and I've, I've mentioned many times, it's often likely that whatever you're looking for is probably closer to in the middle than on either end of the spectrum. Like, I don't think we should turn and say, oh, Tyler's back. Tyler's back. He's going to lead the team in scoring over the next three weeks. He's going to have 20 point per games galore here. He's going to have that swag again. Like, he's going to continue to struggle. I think he's going to have some games here and there where he probably is off. But he'll also have a couple games where he's magnetic and, and energized and looking as solid as he did against San Antonio. And that's the difference for him is that he has that potential where he can be great some nights and he can still struggle on others. I wouldn't read too much into it. That's just that's who he is as a 21-year-old in his second year and the worst 
most difficult season in NBA history. As far as the second part of Samuel's question, if there are other lineups that I see him meshing better with than others, I think it's where he can kind of lead the offense a little bit uh, with Jimmy out of the game, where he doesn't feel like he has to defer, where he feels a little bit more comfortable. Maybe it's just what I saw tonight, where he kind of had that swag and he was looking to take that shot. Jimmy was out of the game, I think, for most of the time when Tyler was dominating offensively. And again, the ball was in his hand. He was able to kind of initiate offense, look for his shot, and he had that feeling that I guess a lot of players could resent, you know, if he's just not passing to you, if he's not making plays, or if he's not looking to get you going. But when it's when that shot is falling like it was tonight, you kind of accept it, right? It's just a, a player in his bag. He's feeling himself. He's getting into a, the groove. And look, he also had four assists. He also had six rebounds, continues to impress as a rebounder. If, if, if you're talking about his shot falling or you're even talking about his secondary playmaking and things of that sort – I think we've been pretty consistent in talking about Tyler's rebounding being much more impressive than a lot of us expect it to be. I, mean, I know the the joke is all about his you know his short T Rex type arms and things of that sort, but he always winds up being in the right place at the right time. He can swoop in there with the best of them, corral that rebound, and kind of just quickly turn to up court and initiate offense. And I think it's a big part of his game too. And he seems a little bit more poised too on fast break opportunities or when he was attacking the paint if Pirtle was there or if somebody else was there blocking the paint I feel like from what I recall off the top of my head Hero was a little bit more polished doing a lot of the Goran Dragic slash Steve Nash curling around the baseline looking to get somebody else going not necessarily in the Nash slash Dragic mode where you know if you curl around the baseline and all of a sudden you can just put your your defender in a spin mode there and get around him and, and try and attack the basket or pull up for a turnaround jumper but for Tyler I think he was looking to curl around and then look for uh, the next available cutter or somebody on the three-point line or maybe somebody else in the, on the baseline that he could hit for an easier look so good for him that he was looking to make the right play and not necessarily forcing shots I don't think any of his shots were forced a lot of them were heat checks, but he was feeling it, you know, for him to hit consecutive shots. This is a big part of who he is. He certainly has that swag, and I and I think that was pretty evident tonight. So I'll have to dig deeper as far as the numbers regarding what uh, lineups he's most effective with. But uh, overall, I'd say it's probably where he has the ball in his hands, and he's able to initiate offense rather than just playing off of Jimmy. Uh, last question comes in from Steve Kolakidis. Tyler has looked so much better, Steve writes. Do you think as a young player he should get a game off every two weeks or so? You can't do that in the playoffs, obviously, but he looks more refreshed. His pull-ups have been going in. Reminds me of last season in the bubble. Well, Steve, I've kind of been hinting at it all episode long, and I think you're right there. Like, even at 21, I know Spo would say, he's 21, play through it. That's unrealistic. Guys need rest and recovery, especially with as many games as they've been trying to cram in there as possible. I know the heat way is to kind of just push your way through it, next man up and things of that sort, but you want him to be fresh. You want him to have a little extra burst, a little extra energy. And so I think a game off here and there probably help him immensely, you know, at least for his particular game. Because, you know, Tyler has not played every game. Conversely, Duncan Robinson has played every game. And Duncan probably runs a lot more than Tyler, right? Because he's constantly curling off screens. He's looking to, to free himself uh, uh, at the top of the key. Uh, he's using Bam Adebayo as a screener, or he's even cutting to the basket now more. So I think he's one of the top players in terms of total distance covered per game. So it's, it's hard. But look, Duncan's also 26. He's a little bit older. And I think this is just part of 
what he can do. He can, he's probably capable of running a marathon pretty, I don't know about pretty easily, but I'd say he has that kind of endurance. Maybe Tyler doesn't have it yet. Maybe that's the next step for him to kind of just take another uh, leap as in, in his evolution. Maybe he just needs to improve his overall fitness. But I, I, look, I'm of the mindset that rest never hurts. And as long as you can get a game here and there, I know we're kind of all, we take a lot of pride in the Iron Man kind of mentality, a guy who's always there and always available, but you also always want them to be their best. And sometimes the two just can't be married together. So uh, I'd say from now until the end of the season, if you can get him a couple games here and there of rest, do so, especially if it kind of helps boost his confidence and kind of get him recharged and ready for the playoffs, because that's that's really what you're looking for when you're Miami. I think that's ultimately the goal here. But I'll talk about that a little bit more and get into some other additional performances throughout the game. But I wanted to talk about Bet Online because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards of TV shows and reality TV, real time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. And when you're done with that, make sure to go over to rockauto.com because if you're looking to improve your car or truck, then nobody can help you as well as rockauto.com. If you're going to go to a traditional chain storefront, what's the point? All they're going to do is find parts on their computer. You've got access to computers at home or in your pocket. And rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers on their easy-to-use site, and you'll get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store? RockAuto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then go to their How Did You Hear About Us section and enter Locked On so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's RockAuto.com. Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanfora, and Brian Ballinger, our local experts from every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Miami. A 107-87 victory over the San Antonio Spurs. Great overall game. And Tyler, while certainly the talk of the town, everybody's mentioning his 22 points and, of course, those 13 points in the fourth quarter. You can't overlook what Bam Adebayo did. Phenomenal night for him. After taking Monday night against the Houston Rockets off, just like Tyler, Bam came back very aggressive and energized. Like the guy who hit the game winner on Brooklyn took a night off and came back rolling against the Spurs. Eight of 12 from the floor. Took six shots early on within the first few minutes of play. Like he was just really aggressive going up against Pirtle, going against everybody when he had a, a mouse in the house and he had a smaller player on the po- on the low post trying to guard him. Bam took advantage and was able to get to the rim. Had a monstrous dunk over Derek Wright that was Absolutely a phenomenal play. Was not called uh, as a offensive foul. Was called as a dunk, and Derek White was charged with the block on the dunk, and yet 
somehow Eric, you know, uh, what's his name? Greg Popovich challenged. What's his name? Greg Popovich challenged the play, and it was overturned, and uh, Bam was charged with the offensive foul. But a phenomenal dunk. And I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, Spurs fans have been in my mentions all night because I don't know what the hell. I don't. I don't know what they're worried about. I don't know what they're thinking there. They hate fun, as I mentioned before. They just. I can't believe that they really think it's a. It matters whether it's a block or a charge. It was a phenomenal play. Like, like Duncan. I'm sorry, Duncan. Bam just rose over White and just annihilated him. Uh, he just killed him with that dunk. And it should not have been reversed. Like, I understand that maybe saying that all charge calls should be abolished is probably a little extreme, but come on. It was just a fun play. Give me a break here, Bam. Just absolutely destroyed Derek White. He should have gone away with it. He should have gone the free throw, and they should have just ignored it. Instead, Popovich challenged it, and it was overturned. But uh, Spurs fans really, really upset of me saying that uh, it should not have been overturned. They're saying stuff like, oh, obviously it was a charge. Obviously it was a charge. It's like, no, dude. Obviously it was not a charge because it wasn't called a charge at first. So not obvious, especially not to the referee who made the call initially, that it took Popovich crying about it or complaining or challenging it and then having referees look at it to see whether or not Derek White may have had position. From what I could tell, it looked like White may have had position, but he also probably left a little early and he dropped. He took the contact and he went down like a, a ton of bricks. I think he sold the contact a little bit. And moreover, who cares? Give Bam the fucking dunk. It was fun. Just give him the dunk. He had another one later on to make up for because he was just on one tonight. Like, he really in his bag, looking aggressive. And I think that's the big step for him. It just, for him, what we saw in the fourth quarter against the Brooklyn Nets, I've mentioned it before. I'm not sure how consistent it'll be because we saw this from him against the Nets earlier in the season where he had two back to back monster games, but certainly looked aggressive. 8 of 12. Maybe, maybe it was Jimmy Butler saying, I want Bam to, you know, I, I like bully ball. I want Bam to bully his way in there. Bam was bullying his way past everybody today, you know, uh, with the exception of seven foot eight Yaka Pirtle and Drew Eubanks. I, I don't, I mean, a lot of people impressed by his play, but I, I don't even know what a Drew Eubanks is. Not to knock him as an NBA player, but uh, not a player that I've watched very religiously. Uh, he looked solid, I guess, in 13 minutes of play. Uh, a body out there, two blocks, five rebounds, thir- you know, six points. But either way, the point is Bam was absolutely uh, a phenomenal player tonight. Like, this is the all-star. This is the max-level player. This is whatever you want. Um, okay, quick hitters here. Trevor Reza struggled from the field. One of four from three-point range. One of five overall from the field. Unfortunate because I thought that three-point shot, especially from the corner, was going to be a consistent part of his arsenal. Probably not good to count on a player of his age at this point in his career as a consistent scoring threat from the perimeter. But, you know, he's never been a lights-out shooter. But you want him to be able to at least knock down half. You know, a couple of his shots here. That One of four, that's not going to cut it. Uh, Jimmy Butler, pretty solid overall game from him. Looked like he turned it on a little bit in the second half again, I think, with his defense. Just got a little pissed off there. Came pretty close to a triple-double. I didn't even realize it looking at it. It was just a quietly great night for him. Seven rebounds, 11 assists, 18 points. So that's Jimmy just controlling the pace of the game and saying, oh, okay. Point Jimmy early on was crushing San Antonio. They had no response. They didn't know how to deal with somebody of his size and speed and ability to find the right cutter, find the guy in the perimeter, just doing everything so well. And Jimmy had his playmaking bag in full effect. It was phenomenal tonight and just a great overall performance from him. Quietly great, which is you know somewhat strange to say. Kendrick Nunn, unfortunately, not able to duplicate his 30-point outing against the Houston Rockets. And I, for the life of me, cannot tell what it was. I will have to go back to look at all of his shots, but he finished only 4 of 10 from the field, 
one of five from three-point range, did not look comfortable, did not look as aggressive. And maybe it's just, you know, having Jimmy and Bam out there where he has to defer to them. It kind of just shows you how important it is to have the right fit, just in, in general terms, not even for Miami against the Spurs on Wednesday night, but just how important it is to have the right fit. Like you draft a rookie, he goes onto a team and he doesn't get the same opportunities, then he goes elsewhere and he winds up having a phenomenal end of his career. We see it all the time. Like players always wind up thriving elsewhere after they leave whatever rookie deal or whatever teams they are. And also take in consideration generally lottery picks are drafted by really bad teams, and when you have those players, you know, as good as they might be individually, you're not going to be able to compensate for it, and then you're also going to have general stability, instability issues, you know, with like your coaches, your front office, and that's that's what makes bad teams bad in general. Look at the Sacramento Kings. You can hire whatever coach you want to out there, and you've hired a bunch of them over the last few years. It doesn't make any difference so long as you keep making stupid personnel decisions and keep rotating your front office. You have to have a vision. You have to have a clear perspective perspective a clear message you don't have that and so that's part of the problem with Miami that's not quite the issue in any case Kendrick struggling for the field but still an overall good game from him five rebounds three assists was able to make some plays here and there so at least able to contribute even if he's not dominating as a scorer the way he did on Monday against the Houston Rockets I mentioned Precious Achua before didn't play much Casey Opala struggling defensively Dwayne Dedman though 15 minutes Three rebounds, six points. Still a big body? Like, I I would never have guessed that just size, just size, that that's going to make the difference, right? You know, a bigger guy out there than, you know, Nemanja Bielitsa or even Bam. Certainly bigger than, uh, you know, Myers Leonard or anybody else that they might have rotated out there at center. He's a, he's a legitimate addition. I can't say – I'm not going to go so far as to say that he's going to be a huge factor or a positive factor either. He's been a positive factor. I just don't know that you're going to count on, on Dwayne Dedman in the playoffs. Like, that doesn't seem I, – I don't I – don't, I can't see how Dedman's going to fit. Like, I know this isn't – it sounds like maybe I'm being insulting towards Dedman or that I'm not exactly appreciative of what he can do. But for now, I, I just don't know that you're necessarily going to trot out a guy of his size and limited foot speed – consistently out there, especially in the playoffs. We'll see. I, I've, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. And maybe I'm wrong now about Dwight Zedman. You know, I, he's been good. He's been good. I just don't know if you're going to continue to go out there in the playoffs and count on him. But maybe he's your other option, your only option. Maybe you can find a nice balance of either Achua or Okpala out there to help spell Ariza on occasion. You know, both Okpala and Achua – Big enough to switch. Ariza's big enough to switch. Deadman's a big body out there. You've got, all of a sudden, a pretty solid front court. Not spectacular with the exception of Mamma Bayo, of course, but everybody else out there. It's a good rotation to have guys that can score in different ways. Deadman can stretch the floor, although he's only, uh, I think, taken a couple three-pointers in Miami and has not hit one just yet. But as a body, as a guy who can pull down rebounds, good solid overall performer and another good you know night for him against San Antonio. Goran Dragic, again, not consistently great as a scorer, but making impact. Just overall energy from him seemed like he was energized. He was quicker. He pulled down five rebounds, and a couple of those he was just chasing. He was out hustling guys that were much younger than him, you know, Deontay Murray or even uh, Derek White or somebody like that. He was just, Goran was able to get to the ball very, very quickly. So he, he seemed like he had another level to him. I hope he's back. 
just from a fitness level, from a, a health level, I hope that he's back and he's healthy and he's not going to have any kind of recurring issues there. I don't know how much you can count on him as a scorer moving forward, but he was three of eight from the field. I mean, that's something. Nine points overall from him. You know, I'd still like Goran to get to the free throw line more often, but that's never been a staple of his career. So not something that I expect moving forward. But oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at a tweet right now. The Miami Heat are claiming that he scored 14 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter. That's Tyler scoring 14 points of his 22 in the fourth quarter. I've been saying 13, but I guess I was just wrong because I'm sleeping. And I actually just got vaccinated today. So I am fully vaccinated. Your boy is good to go. I'm going to be... Well, hopefully I'll be okay for the rest of this unfortunate pandemic that's been impacting our lives so completely. So if you haven't gotten vaccinated and you're able to do so, please go and do so. And if you have loved ones that are qualified or able to get vaccinations, help them in any way possible. Make sure that they get there so that we can return to some semblance of normalcy. I, I look, it's never going to go back to normal days. If you can get vaccinations, please do so. Uh, just a reminder that you can always reach me via email. Oh, and also another reminder again. I'll be in locker room on Thursday afternoon at 5 o'clock. I've never done this before. I'm curious. I want to answer your questions. I want you to have that chance to be able to talk to me. Maybe 5 o'clock is not the best time, but if you can get on the phone while you're driving from work or if you're back home, just get on the call. Enter locker room. It's easy to download. You can get it on your iOS phones. You know any kind of uh, any kind of iPhones. You can add that to it. You can't get it on Android, unfortunately. Although I think that they're working on it and should have it available soon. But you can always ask me questions there. If you can't get on the locker room session, which I could use your help for, make sure you can always send something via gmail.com, lockdownheat at gmail.com, or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat or via direct message. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, follow the show if you haven't already, and leave a review. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting the show, and thanks to all of you. I'm David Ramil, signing off for now. <laughs>